Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. We're in the Rocket Markets by Quicken Loan Studios. Uh, they understand it's not just a mortgage. It's your, you know, mortgage. Yours. The one that uh, it makes a difference in your life. You get it right, right? Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Get your Rocket Mortgage on, son. Our toll-free line, 855-212-4227. Brought to you by GEICO. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to GEICO. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. All right, always good to hook up with the Yammer, one of our all-time favorites on the bench. He runs the Pac-12 network in our eyes, and he is back on the mahogany, waxing up on a pain-free Friday uh, with a little uh, Pac-12 action going on tonight and uh, some great Pac-12 games this weekend. How you doing, Yammer? Uh, doing great. I feel like you might need to be my agent if uh, that's the introduction that I'm going to get. I appreciate it. Honestly, Yammer, you know you've been on the show for years, <laughs> and uh, you're one of the fan favorites. Tell him, Carver, how he doesn't believe me, apparently. Your boy, the Yammer. One of the all-time greats. All-time. He's got yeah. rock star status. Does he got he got a locker and a parking spot, doesn't he? He deserves one. You got a locker and a parking that. spot. Free drinks in the 19th <laughs> hole. Uh, so, Yammer, uh, first of all, I got to tell you, uh, this kid, did you see the kid? Uh, I know you're watching the game. The kid from Colorado, oh, yeah. what was he doing in the end zone? Like, are you kidding me? Like, catch the ball, bro. You know what's kind of wild about the whole situation is just kind of how those last couple plays, that sequence is wild. Because if he catches that ball, we're looking at 17-10 at the break. Right. How about the penalty that pushes him back 10 yards on third down, Mario Cristobal decided to accept the penalty as opposed to making him go on fourth down. Now, it pays off huge dividends because obviously it's a fourth and goal situation. They're probably kicking at that point. They'll get, they'll take the three points, but the reality is they get another shot on third down, which surprised me. Um, and then obviously you get the interception from Oregon. I mean, that, that goes to tell you, by the way, just how confident Mario Cristobal is in his defense. They've given up one touchdown in like 53 consecutive drives. That one TD actually came last week against Cal off of a turnover. So, uh, And Justin Herbert, that was his first pick of the, the season. It's just kind of wild how things have played out, but Oregon right now looking like a dominant football team. He might throw 500 yards tonight. It's wild. You know, they came out of the gates, Herbert and this offense, and they were throwing a ton those opening couple drives, and then they kind of tailed back a l- or pushed back a little bit. You've seen a heavy dose of the run game just before halftime, really, in that second quarter, previous, obviously, to the last sequence where, um, you know, about a minute and 30 left on the clock, and they're marching downfield to get that last touchdown. But um, you're right. I mean, there's like 24, if I'm not mistaken, scouts in attendance, I think, Bruce Feldman, who is uh, obviously it's an FS1 game. I think Bruce said there's at least two GMs that are in attendance, maybe even three. So uh, a lot of eyeballs on Herbert and LaVisca Chenault on the other side, who I think is one of those fringe first-round picks. How do you think uh, Justin will do uh, on Sundays? I think he's going to be great. I I think the interesting thing when you watch him play – you know, Brock Hewitt had said it. He's just so dependable. And in college football, you know, we're always looking for that guy that's got that flair um, and and really can lead the team. The one thing that he does really well is – 
really not make a whole lot of mistakes. And, you know, for all I know, you're doing a live radio show, so I'm, I'm sure you're not seeing every single play. But there's been some disappointing moments a year ago from this wide receiving group where it's like 50-some-odd drops. And even in this particular game against Colorado, you're seeing some drops. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a drop touchdown pass. You saw it even in the opener, right, against Auburn in week number one. And I know people will focus in on that. The, the good news is there's a healthy – uh, contingent of wide receivers. They're top three guys that have been banged up. They made their debuts last week, including a freshman in Micah Pittman, who has looked apart in a game and now a half um, from what we've seen. You can see that the flair that he brings to the table. But I think Herbert, in my mind, is going to be an awesome Sunday quarterback. He just doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes out there. Um, you know, there's not a lot of freelancing, but that's not what you're going to get. You're going to get a supreme pocket passer. Yeah, I got to tell you, uh, and this is just me knowing like how these guys uh, think, these uh, scouts and NFL uh, executives and coaches, this guy looks just completely ripped. I mean, for a quarterback, like he has gotten from, you know, let's say the last three years, he has gotten pretty ripped. Like his arms look like yeah. Raphael Nadal. I mean, my, the guy's just cut. He looks very physical to me and strong uh, as opposed to like three years ago. He really does look different. Like he looks to me to be really a, a man amongst boys now playing at Outson. And I think he's ready to go to the NFL. Let me ask you this question. So a guy asked me the other day, and I didn't think it was the craziest question I'd ever heard. I, we talked about it at some length that we doubted it would ever happen. But the question was, would Mike Leach go to Rutgers? And I and we we deemed that a no. Uh, we felt like that's not a good job, uh, even though it's in the Big Ten and everything else. We felt that he's got a better situation in Pullman and in the Pac-12 and that they love him there and he loves it there. And he's actually doing phenomenally well, frankly, for a school that, let's face it, what kid wants to go there compared to going to these other big uh, monstrosity schools in the Pac-12? You know, it used to be like they'd be like a laughing stock school for the most part. Now they're a big time program because of him. Yeah, he's done a really nice job in Pullman, which is an awesome college town. Like you said, it doesn't have like the flair, the dramatics of Hollywood or, or uh, you know, even being in the Bay Area, if you're a Sanford or Cal, it, it is a different vibe in Pullman, there's no doubt, but it's a fan base that is. We were actually just up there for the UCLA Washington State game, the Pac-12 Network, and obviously that didn't go in their favor. Rutgers, I don't know, is a good fit. And for all you know me, I'm, I'm actually a Jersey kid and, and know that area. Mike? thrives in environments like uh, like Pullman, uh, for example, where it's a little bit more remote. I, I actually think being closer to a city like New York, for example, or just being in the Northeast in general, like that's not Leach's speed. I don't think that'd be a great fit for him. Um, and the reality is I, th I think what he has built in Pullman is, is pretty significant. Like you said, I mean, that's not the easiest place to go and win. And it's now gotten to the point where you're, you're kind of expecting them to compete in that Pac-12 North. Now they're, they're undergoing, I think maybe the biggest storyline that we've had in the league, um, due to the fact that they were a contender at one point. It's back-to-back -back losses for them. Then the bye week can obviously have a tough matchup against ASU and Herm Edwards' squad down in Tempe, but they've lost their defensive coordinator in Tracy Clays, and they've given up in these two conference games an average of 52.5 points. So I think for Leach right now, the focus is probably less on other jobs and more on, like, how the hell does he fix this situation? I just watched that Colorado kid throw a pick, and, and it wasn't so much that it was a bad—it wasn't, like, uh, his fault, really. It, it was deflected and picked off. But his decision-making 
of where he threw the ball into like double coverage. I mean, I, I I'm like it's I feel like I'm watching like the kid's terrible. Like what are you doing, bro? Like you're throwing right over the middle into double coverage. You should, I mean, you just it you're bound to get picked off. I think this quarterback for Colorado looks terrible tonight. Washington State though against Arizona State in yeah. Tempe. That's a great game. And and answer this question for me, Yammer. Uh was that game, the UCLA game you saw, was that one of the wildest football games you've ever seen in your life? It was as crazy a finish as I think. Look, I mean, it's what the third biggest comeback in FBS history. In fact, UCLA a couple of years ago when Josh Rosen and company they were down to A uh, and M, they came back. Remember that was a huge, uh, huge comeback. But they're down 32 points halfway through that third quarter. You know, Pharrell. You know, we're doing our show post game after there was another game that was going on at the time. I said to our guys, I'm like, look, let's just go out to the set now in the third quarter and watch both games. You know, we're not it was kind of a foregone conclusion. Like Washington state was going to win that game turnovers. And it goes back to what we talked about. You know, Mike Leach is an offensive guy, but he's going to stick to his guns. And in that game, he was not willing to run the football to kind of milk some clock. And then there's some turnovers and it's a perfect storm, right? I mean, you're down 32 in order to come back UCLA, like a lot of things need to fall into place. And unfortunately for me, Washington state perspective, they did, but it was the craziest finish I've ever seen. Now, do you think, uh, what do you think of the job Herm's doing? Like, it's unbelievable. And do you think they'll beat Washington State in, in Tempe? Yeah, look, I mean, at home, Herm Edwards has been terrific. And I know there was a lot of people that were laughing at the decision from Ray Anderson, their athletic director, to go and hire him. But he has been been awesome, not only in terms of the results on the field, but from a recruiting standpoint, he's been crushing it. Um, I, I think in, in terms of winning, look, they're in the top 20, 25 right now. Herm's got this NFL mindset, right, where he wants these games to be close. Obviously, he'd love blowouts, but he's looking at two freshmen on his offensive line, a true freshman quarterback as well. Um, and, you know, they lose a fifth-year senior quarterback last year, Manny Wilkins, who's now playing Sunday ball. Nikhil Harry also now playing Sunday football. So the reality is, like, his personnel right now, at least off- offensively, isn't exactly filled with studs. And they got some good players, Brandon Ayuk, their wide receiver. But the point is, he's going to try to play a close game. In fact, 12 of his 18 games – uh, as the head coach, they've been decided by seven points or less. He loves that. I, I, I think this is going to be a tough test because Washington State's offense is pretty ridiculous. Um, and if it does get into the shootout, I, I don't think they want to play that type of game. Danny Gonzalez, their defensive coordinator, is a stud. But I, I don't know if ASU right now is built to score 50 points. So they're going to have to keep this thing close. That said, I do like them at home in the desert. What about uh, Utah? No problems in Corvallis. And do you think they've righted the ship now at 4-1 at and one and they'll start winning again? Yeah. Look, I was in Salt Lake City a week ago or, yeah, we can change go because they're coming off of the bye. And after that loss to SC, you talked to their head coach, Kyle Winningham. You talked to their players. and They don't think they played a bad game against SC. And to be honest with you, um, I, I agree with him. And, and I shouldn't say not a bad game, right? Like, cause there was turnovers, there was penalties. There were things that Utah doesn't typically do, but they weren't finishing off drives. And that's not what they do. They lost their running back in Zach Moss, who is a Sunday, future Sunday NFL player. Um, and I would make a case as maybe the best running back in the country when he's healthy. Um, but they, I think they're, look, the, the performance that I saw in Salt Lake City against Washington State, that is a dominant football team. They played angry. I think they get the win in Corvallis, but there is some buzz right now and some juice with with the Beavs offensively. I, I just look at Utah and there's so 
they're so dominant on both sides of the football, and I think their quarterback, Tyler Huntley, doesn't get enough credit for how efficient he's been this year. Uh, Mike Yam, a Pac-12 host with us back on the bench. Uh, so the game that uh, Carver High is interested in is uh, the uh, Notre Dame-USC, as you know. Oh, yeah. Carver High, huge Irish fan, along with Pharrell. And, I, you know, he, he wants to know uh, if you think USC is going to be able to go to South Bend with those uh, they're wearing the uh, the Kelly Green uh, unis tomorrow night. The odds are stacked against the Trojans. Yeah, this is going to be an uphill battle for them. Number one, they haven't played great on the road so far this season. Obviously, Notre Dame's a top-10 team. They have the talent. I think the talent is um, you know, maybe on paper right now you'd favor the Irish in a game like this. But Notre, SC goes into a game where – they, they get their quarterback back in Keaton Slovis, who, by the way, is still their backup quarterback, but you know, JT Daniels getting hurt in that opener. Slovis, those true freshmen who hasn't played in a couple weeks here, got hurt early in the Utah game, uh, didn't play in the next one, which was a loss in Seattle, and then they had the bye. So it's been a few weeks. He doesn't have a lot of experience, which I think makes it difficult. But the system that Graham Harrell runs, I think, makes it easier. And look, Notre Dame's secondary they they got some guys there right but I, I would make an argument that usc has the best wide receiving core in the entire country they got three guys that are guaranteed sunday players michael Pittman's an absolute monster so i think competitively they can keep it close but they, they got to show I, I wouldn't pick them right now just based off of the fact that they haven't shown that they can win a tough road game and if they do get this that would be their first one this season so what do you think now of uh the fact that like uh arizona's playing the way they are and sure. and how you know they're standing out and and that Stanford's still in it after they turned it around and won last week and you know Cal was uh, playing so great now they've dropped off Washington's been uh, frankly a huge disappointment I think uh, the way they played I mean uh, I've seen them look lousy I saw them look good in one game a couple weeks ago they played at sure. home uh, but what do you think uh, against USC but what do you think of how the you know the North and South are stacking up Yeah it look man it is and you know this because you just mentioned a few teams it is so unpredictable and i know people are talking about you know how the pac-12 is not a strong conference i think top to bottom the problem is the, the league's really even and it, it is it's it, look i talked to a bunch of coaches back in july i talked to them throughout the course of the season and they'll all tell you the same thing teams one through six seven or so can be any of their opponents i mean that's how tight this conference is but you're right about arizona can you imagine this though for all week zero they go to Hawaii. They lose that football game. Khalil Tate, if you remember, he's basically on that last play of the game, running towards the end zone, gets stopped uh, basically at the one. Had he scored that touchdown, they go to overtime. Momentum's in Arizona's favor. We're arguably talking about a 5-0 and football team, which is vastly different under Kevin Sumlin versus 4-1. and The reality is I thought they'd be a 4-1 and football team after the first five weeks because of the way the schedule played. It didn't we got to the number. We just didn't get there the way that I thought we would get there. Their schedule is going to get really difficult, and I think this is a tough game because Washington, to your point, has been a little up and down. They haven't had success in the state. 11 of their last 12 games right. in the state of Arizona have been losses. So it's going to be tough sledding, but I don't bet against a Chris Peterson team when his squad's coming off of a loss. Like I just think they're going to make things difficult on Khalil Tate and Arizona's defense hasn't shown like they've been improved, but they're still having problems getting to the quarterback and Jacob Eason struggled. I think more so under pressure. I don't think Arizona can bring the heat. I saw that uh, UCLA choke at the end of that game against Arizona and missed the field goal. Can you even believe after they beat Washington state that they've actually gotten worse? How did, how did that happen? Like you'd think that that would turn their season around. 
Yeah, you know, I thought it would be a difference maker for him as well, especially some confidence from, from Dorian Thompson Robinson. But remember, he gets hurt, done playing that game. And, you know, I keep pointing to this, man. Football is a tough game. It's a rough, it's a physical game. And when you're as young, and it, it sounds like I'm making an excuse, but the reality is it's like 53 freshmen uh, on that roster. I mean, that is, they're the youngest football team in college football. And, I just think that's really hard to overcome, despite the fact that Chip Kelly's there. I think people were looking for like this magic bullet when he got hired. You know, the reality is it takes time to build programs. You can't always fast track it. And when you have, when you're that young, they're taking their lumps, man, and they're taking it in a rough way at this point. I, I think the the growth of that program is just going to be a lot slower than people anticipated. Uh, yeah, man, great stuff tonight, uh, gearing us up for the uh, weekend in the. Pac-12, fantastic having you back on the bench. Enjoy all the games this weekend, brother. For sure, man. Always good to talk to you, bud. All right, there he is, Mike Gamma, the Pac-12 Network. What is 855-212-4CBS? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. I'm watching, uh, believe it or not, I I can't even bear to watch this Colorado quarterback. He sucks so bad. I mean, he's terrible. I hope his family's listening. So they can let him know how bad he is. I mean, this, Seriously. this game has just gotten so out of hand. Did ever, you see the interception since that he guy just dropped threw? that ball in the end zone? What what kind of like this guy is the worst quarterback? They, you notice they keep showing the play again because it's the play that changed the entire game. Was this guy dropping a ball in the end zone? But he keeps throwing to that number thirty-eight. They can't catch. Uh, he's got fumble fingers. And then look at that pick. I mean, what are you doing, bro? What are you looking at? What are you watching when you're on the field? You know, you got to sit him down. Uh, what are you doing? Like, how many are you going to let him throw? And they keep putting him out there. Boy, their backup must really suck because they won't let him play. This guy's atrocious. This game, he's so bad that I, I think he just needs to sit down to get over it. You know what I mean? Like, take a break. Sit down for the rest of this one. You've been awful. There's a lot of time left in this game, too. Oh, my God. This I can get real ugly. I can't even take watching it. So, anyway, my point is I have uh, eSports on. I was I was watching, like, the World Series, whatever it was, <laughs> baseball playoffs, whatever it's called. And um, I'm sitting here watching these kids, right? And they're, like, teenagers. And they're on these, like, international teams. The one kid's on, like, a French team. And then uh, they bring all these uh, teams from all over the world to come to these tournaments. At like these giant arenas, so they're at the uh, the Prudential Center in Newark at some gigantic tournament, right? And they show them all competing, and they have like French teams, Italian teams, Re- Russian teams. I mean, it's crazy. And all these kids, like one of the American kids, is like, "Yeah, I I quit uh, my Delitas and I moved over to the French team, Vitality." And I'm sitting there. I, I've never heard of any of this stuff. I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. It's like, it's it's Portuguese to me. I had to turn it off. I, well, look. I, I so, couldn't do it any longer. I can't do it either. But my point is, I'm sitting here watching this, and I'm fascinated at how these kids have become, like, uh, legends in their, you know, gaming, in their in their sport. Like, so they're all, like, really famous, and all the kids know them, and they're, like, international heroes, literally, and they're making just fat stacks of money doing it, right? These kids don't even literally need to go to school. Do you understand? They're making so much money 
that they don't even need to go to school. They're making more money than their parents. They're making more money than me. They're making more money than you. And they are like 15 years old. And they are, these are millionaires, these kids, playing these video games. And I'm just sitting here watching it going, what is going on here? Do they give them free weed too? I mean, honestly, because look at this. The place is sold out everywhere they go. And they're like, they treat them like rock stars. Meanwhile, it's like some dorky kid with zits. You know, he's like just, I mean, the kid's not even, they're not even old enough to drive. But they're millionaires. It's unbelievable. And I knew this was big because, you know, all these guys. Oh, it's, a, it's huge. Like Michael Jordan, they all buy into this. They all own teams, right? But look at when they they walk out like they're the heavyweight champion of the world. You see them getting introduced. They walk out into the arena, and these people go ape shack for them. Like, I mean, they're like heroes to them. This is the Renault Vitality, the European-French team with a couple of Americans on it. I actually flipped over they to— They recruit uh, them. I flipped over to the deuce. There's a fight on. Oh, you, oh you got a little PFL, fight? PFL, and this guy's just bleeding to death in this fight. Oh, I mean, so you got a little blood and gore? Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot happening. I'm going to have to change the channel. I say we do an update, and uh, I'll go change the channel and, and get off the gaming. Now I know what my kid's up to in his room, and I thought he was up to uh, other things. He's up there playing video games trying to make millions. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. So I'm watching this PFL uh, with Carver High. Honestly, I was saying to BMAC, you can't tell me that these guys, you saw those two guys gushing blood like the Exxon Valdez. You cannot tell me that these guys in 20 years from now aren't going to have like brain damage. You can't even tell me that they're not all going to be just absolute invalids. They're going to be drooling out of their mouths, sitting in wheelchairs. All these guys think they're invincible. They, They like, you know, they fight to the death. Remember, they used to call it human cockfighting and everything. So, like, this is literally, when you watch this stuff, this bare-knuckle stuff, and then these UFC and this, uh, these pro-fight pro leagues and, and, and Bellator and all the rest of them, if you ever notice one thing that they'll always say, Carver High, these fighters and these uh, the, the handlers, the promoters, Coker, uh, Dana White, all of them, they've all been on my show, but they all, they all say the same thing. You hear them all the time. They say, no one ever dies uh, we, we don't have deaths in the octagon. We don't have uh, serious injuries because, uh, you know, the, the, the gloves are safe, the sport's safe, uh, the referees are safe, the doctors are safe, and it's, it's the safest sport. Like, and they're selling you that can of uh, tomatoes. Honestly, you got to be kidding me. You cannot tell me. I don't care what any of those people say. They're all lying through their teeth so they can make money. The deal is this. You cannot tell me that you can have this kind of abuse to your brain. And do you see these two guys beat the living crap out of yeah, each this other? One, the guy who won uh, actually took He like, looked worse than the guy well, that well, he lost. Took a, in the, he took an illegal knee to the face, and that's what split him open and caused all the mess that he was in. But did you see his face? He looked like somebody hit him with a baseball bat. Yeah. Like, how do you – look at him. He's going to look – he's deformed. And they all act like this is the greatest night of their life. Meanwhile, he probably made five thousand dollars, not even fighting on the uh, pro uh, what is it pro fighting league. You know they're not paying these people anything. So here's the deal: that guy, right? Uh, so he'll take all that abuse, you know, getting kicked in the head, punched in the head a million times. He's bleeding like the like a like a sieve. 
and you're telling me that nothing happens to their brain? Can, can you imagine selling that to uh, Kyle Turley? You're going to tell me you can, you, you're going to get kicked and punched like that in the face for 25 minutes and you're not going to have damage on your brain the rest of your life? And this was like a tournament tonight. Those guys fought twice. Twice. The guys that were in the, in the end fight. They treat them like animals. They put them out there twice. twice. That's like the gladiators back in Rome. They, they put them out there twice, three times. They make them fight all day. Fight to the death. And then when they were done, if they didn't win, they'd feed them to the lions, which is awesome. You don't think that would be awesome if they, like, at the loser, if we had, like, literally on this, because no one watches this to begin with, right? We're the only no. people in America we watching. We only watch this because we had eSports on our TV. Right. So now we're watching this, and you know what they should do? The loser should be fed to a lion, and we should watch it on television, watch some guy get eaten by a lion in his den. I think that would be awesome. Look at this guy. He's fighting next. This guy's the champ or something. He's fighting next. Well, oh, I think oh. they fight each other, but they've already fought twice. They're, I think it's at another date. Oh, another. I hope so because both of their faces look like they got literally uh, somebody took a switchblade to their face. And that's that chick, Harrison. You know who she is? She just she's signed a new deal with them. She's the gold medalist in judo. She's the, the, she's the face of the organization. She's really good. She is really a good fighter. She looks like she could play for the Lions. She's so big. Have you seen her? She's a monster. I mean, honestly. She could pick me up over her head and spin me and throw me across the room. Not good. I mean, I was just thinking about that, the abuse these guys take. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that guy's brain right now is swollen? He's got to be swollen. So they're promoting that fight that you were saying tomorrow night. There's an exclusively on ESPN right. Plus fight. Didn't we do a story like yesterday, the day before? Like she the main, wasn't going to make the main weight. events not e- not even going to happen, right. or or what? But like, it is going to happen. Well, they're showing her down here in the corner, so I guess she must. They they made weight. I mean, After all that lying, they weren't going to make week weight. with this stuff. Uh, main events getting canceled. It just never ends. <laughs> it never ends. It, is it true. really is amazing. It's always something. Some drama. And then how about how these guys talk bad about each other? Uh, that's all they do with their lives. The rest of their the rest of the week, all they do is talk bad about each other. Have you ever noticed that? Like all these uh, UFC guys, all they do is go on other. They go on like Ariel's show, or they go on podcasts, or they go on like like crappy radio shows, and they talk about how they're gonna beat everybody up. I'm gonna kick this guy's ass. He's a wussy. I'm going to sleep with his wife. I hate him. He's a loser. I love all that stuff where they just, that's all they do all week is talk bad about other people they want to kill. Or how about when, have you heard him talk about, well, those, if I see him in public at the store, I'm going to slap him around. Like they, these guys settle everything. How about your boy BJ Penn? You remember him? He went, every time he goes out drinking, he ends up in a fist yeah, fight with some, problem. with like some fat Hawaiian guy. Remember when we were at when we were in LA two weeks ago? Didn't somebody tell us that two of the fighters like got into it like in the lobby yeah. up there on the seventieth yeah, floor? Yeah. You know, yeah, like their two uh, their two groups like you know yeah. walked by each other and there was a two boxers. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the the, the boxing uh, their teams got in a fight and a couple guys went at it and they brawled in the lobby of this five star mega expensive uh, Intercontinental. Just absolutely outrageous prices. 
the lobby is the Shangri-La of hotels in L.A., right? This place is the highest skyscraper in Los Angeles. They're up on the 70th floor, these two thugs fighting in the lobby. Women and children running for their lives. People scattering at the bar by the elevators. People screaming that the whole thing happened. 70th floor. Carver High and I were up in the restaurant eating $70 buffet dinners. Wonder if they're gonna pay me. We didn't even we didn't even completely enjoy it because we had we had a we didn't go full bore because of plant conversation about the the conversation. You're not allowed to eat unless you eat plant based. So I I didn't go like the whole way. I just kind of all right. I'm gonna just grab a couple things over here and just. But the best part of it was when he was eating like lettuce tacos and you and I were eating steak tacos. We went right for the beef. We we slaughtered a cow right at the restaurant. We don't do the whole, He was like, I just get a little lettuce, some tomatoes, some radish. You don't even know there's no meat in there. Tastes the same. <laughs> Keep telling yourself no, that. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that, Mr. Garden Fresh. <laughs> Mr. Green Thumb. Look at this guy for... Oh, there's a flag. He shoved him out of bounds. Come on. They won't even give him a flag. They're down 38-3. They can't even get a roughing the passer. Oh, my God. This game's fixed. That should have been 15. Absolutely should have been. Hey, he was three yards out of bounds when he took the hit. How do you not throw that flag? He pushed I'm, him right in the back. Listen, I'm still livid over the Patriots game last night. That that Did no, you see that thing that one out of the last tw- one, 20, 20 of the last 21, they have not overturned or whatever it is. That's all you need to know. That whole rule is for fascists. It is a complete joke. The NFL is a joke. That's all there is to it. They made up a rule that says you can, you can uh, what, what do you call it? Challenge pass interference. Challenge pass interference. And then uh, one out of 21 times, one time they reversed it. Meanwhile, if you didn't think that was pass interference last night, you're a liar and an idiot. That was pass interference. That's all there is to it. There's no arguing it. And meanwhile, they get nothing called against them ever. Ever. When do you ever see them get anything called on them? Seriously. When's the last time you saw a flag on the Patriots in a game? Seriously. It's very rare. Here we go. Uh, Steve in Boston. You think he'll say anything bad about the Patriots? Go well, ahead. you know, I'm, ahead, a, I'm, a, I'm a reasonable guy, and I'm fair, Scotty. I was at the game last night, by the way, and your call screener just gave just gave me a beating because you really didn't understand what I was trying to get across. Right. So I hope you understand. At, before last year started, they, they took a beating for their lack of talent offensively on the offensive side of the ball and with Brady's age and all that. And as the season went on, they got beat up and beat up until they had their six-game winning streak, da 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 The last five games of the year, after the Miami Miracle, of course, they ran the table and won the Super Bowl. They turned it on, whatever. But they, they'd still take – they lost their best – they lost Gronkowski and they lost Trey Flowers. But they'd taken a beating offensively locally for the first five games of the year. Brady's taken a beat the whole team. Defensively, they're saying that, you know, they're the – Eight five PS, it's a joke. Like honestly, uh, Steve, seriously, they're six and zero, and and you're telling me that people are complaining about the team you, locally, Scott. I'm telling you, the, the the offensive side of the ball is getting ripped apart. The running game in the, I mean, 
I, I think they expect too much out of. I mean, I'm a huge Patriots fan. Long time she's taken over. But I think they they expect too much out of Brady, or they they just take him for granted, or what? That they think he's uh, like the savior of all mankind, or whatever. Well, he is. But, well, he has been, I guess. But what do you mean, you guess? Has he won enough Super Bowls for you there, Steve? Well, I think that they probably could have had more. Brady. Oh God, I, I I can't even listen to you, dude. Are you serious? Like no. right now? I mean, honestly, well, you're like, listen. You're like I'm a season ticket holder. I go to every game. I've seen them win every Super Bowl. I mean, they they've been to nine Super Bowls. And should have been more. Should have been more. They have screwed up. Their running game's a disaster. Their offensive lines are. Their quarterback is so average. I mean, it is unbelievable. I mean, we could have easily won 15 Super Bowls by now if it wasn't for that damn Tom Brady guy and that hot wife of his. I think Bill Belichick, personally, I think Bill Belichick, after the third, third Super Bowl win, he knew what he had in Brady. He could have surrounded him with, you know, with some receivers, at least to grow with him. But he really never has. Uh, just I mean, stop. Just uh, You know what? Uh, you're the gong show, dude. You should, I got to say. Honestly, I, you should listen to yourself on my show. I Listen to the replay tomorrow so you can smash your face through the kitchen window. I, I got to say. this guy for real? That's Don't. one that I never thought. And, and I get how, they, how they've gotten up, up in that area. That's exactly the how they've gotten that but, guy but, right but, there. But I can't. I never thought I'd hear it get to the point where they'd say, they should have won more. Um, or they, what he just said know, was, you know, you'd think one of these days Belichick could put some talent around him. Put a little talent around the offense. And know. he was saying that I gave him a hard time when I screened the call because he said to me that they, they weren't that good last year. I'm like, dude, they won the Super Bowl. What more do you want? We weren't that good last year. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're telling that to a Jets and a Bills fan. Right. Listen, that was just that was so beautiful. That just says it all right there. That guy, I, no offense, I love the guy, but he he was like it was really, honestly pathetic. Like, are you kidding me, dude? You know what? Can we talk about reality for a second? Jonathan Jones absolutely date raped Golden Tate on that pass. I mean, honestly, he had, like it was like watching my dog when he was like one year old humping everything he could see in the house, pillows, sofas, women, children, other dogs, cats, the refrigerator. The dog would hump the car. I mean, until we took him down there for that (laughs) fried fiesta day down at the uh, get your uh, satchel chopped off. Until we calmed him down, he was, you know, he was raw. That's what that guy was. Are you kidding me? That, no, that's what uh, Jonathan Jones did to Golden Tate last night. No reverse on the call. Uh, Al, uh, what's his name? Al Riveron upheld the original call by referee Brad Allen's crew. Brad Allen's crew sucks. They're corrupt. And that was absolute BS. I have no bones on the either side. I don't like either one of them. Just so we're clear, I hate both of you. So um, I'm not rooting for either one of you. Just absolute the scum of the earth to me. So I don't care about one way or the other about any of you. Any of you. I don't care if anything happens to either of your teams. In fact, I wish ill will on you, Boston. And then this guy, uh, this Shermer's a tool. He's a loser. And I'll tell you what. um, They're pathetic. 
But and and I said this last night. Didn't I have some guy call me up last night and say Jones wasn't bad? Are you kidding me? What game were you watching? He was he was as bad as this uh, Colorado him. quarterback. You're too hard on. I'm him. too hard on him after he threw his third disastrous pick. And uh, look, Oregon just running free everywhere with the ball. I mean, this right. is just disgraceful. This game's terrible. I'm not even enjoying it. I had more fun watching the esports. And the guy's bloody face was way better than this. Also, yeah. Belichick doesn't address the running game. They drafted Sony Michelle in the first round two years ago. Yeah. I don't I didn't believe people like that existed. Well, they do, and you just got a full like that was like, you know, the featured attraction of the night was Steve giving us the rundown on how bad the uh, Patriots are. Gotta feel bad for him. I swear to God, you know, some people pray for their kids or their sin and everything. I pray that they don't go back to the Super Bowl ever again, ever. I pray that literally they all get mono and pneumonia and syphilis. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.